What's up, guys, and welcome to The Struggle Is Over, the podcast. I am your host, Latanya Hines, the author of the book, The Struggle Is Over, Finding Joy After Rape. Now, if you are new here, we are a bunch of joy chasers seeking to find joy in whatever life brings us. So stay tuned and let's get into it. What's up, Joy Chasers? I am so excited to have my special guest on today, Meekler Lewis. Meekler is such a dear friend of mine, y'all, and he is so powerful, a powerful man of God. I had the honor and pleasure to attend his initial sermon just a few weeks ago, and he tore the house down. (laughs) (laughs) Meekler did a uh, sermon on Jonah. The book of Jonah, which we know is a very short book of the Bible, but a very powerful one because it Mm -hmm. just touches on when um, Jonah got his calling from God. Right. And he ran in the complete opposite direction, just living in obedience. Right. And we got a chance to look at Jonah's heart. But Mm -hmm. God still got the glory at the end of the day. And you broke that down so well. So I would love for you to tell my listeners, these joy chasers, and just tell them how we can even find joy within that book of Jonah. Also, just how we can find joy sometimes in our disobedience. I would love to have um, our listeners hear from you. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I'll (laughs) I'll try my best to to live up to the the hype or the expectation that you that you (laughs) set. But um, so. As I was um, meditating on the book of Jonah, I think one of the first instances of um, the joy that we find from Jonah's disobedience is like as soon as he runs in the opposite direction and he hops on the boat. Mm -hmm. um, And we know we know pretty much like I think a lot of us know the first three chapters of this book in and out. But when we look at um, what happens in that storm or what God was able to do um, through Jonah for the sailors, Mm -hmm. um, where if you're looking, um, this is Jonah 1 verse 16, um, like when they realized that the the God that Jonah was serving was the one true God. And and we find evidence of this based off of um, what happens in the storm once they throw Jonah overboard. Mm -hmm. And it says, at this, the men greatly feared the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. So that's one of the first instances that that comes to mind mm-hmm. um, when I'm thinking about this book and how that a lot of times that those opportunities um, like God, God works in like God pretty much takes every shot <laughs> like when we think about just like him, just like in the gym, just taking shots. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes every shot. So um even when Jonah decides to disobey God, like he still manages to find glory within that mm. um, is the first instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I kind of touched on in my sermon was um, the posture of Jonah's heart. Because if we look at, um, especially in chapter four, okay. um, like Jonah is a very angry, very immature prophet. Um, mm, like some of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> In our exactly. moments when we're being disobedient. Yeah. Exactly like us. Mm-hmm. And even within that, like Jonah had an opportunity to be joyful um, based off of the work that he just finished doing in Nineveh, like with him walking in and God in in the in, in God's obedience and mm-hmm. walking in God's will. Mm-hmm. And he actually has the opposite reaction um, after he realizes that God 
like pretty much decides not to destroy the, the city of Nineveh. Mm-hmm. He pretty much mm-hmm. like throws a temper tantrum. He was like, God, I knew that you would do this. Um, like you're you're too compassionate, you're too soft, you're too slow to mercy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, too slow to anger. And seeing how that got to the that got Jonah to the point where he was like, I'm so angry that mm-hmm. I could die. Mm-hmm. And um how and, and God's a, compassion, the compassion that God had. Exactly. And so it's the and, mm-hmm. and what's crazy is that it's, it's the same compassion that would later save Jonah. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that, there was an opportunity for Jonah to be to be joyful. Um, because if we look at the reason that he was so upset, it was in, in a nutshell, it was because of bigotry. Um, he had an idea of what God um should do to these people the 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 citizens of Nineveh yeah um because of who they were where they came from um and just kind of like the stigma that came along with with the Ninevites mm-hmm. and for God to see I mean for Jonah to see that God showed them mercy when um like he pretty much I think it was in chapter in chapter four, verse five, where he where it says that he kind of set up uh, almost like a chair mm-hmm. and he's like almost has like front row seats mm-hmm. to watch the destruction of Nineveh. Yeah. Um, like, like as if he and like he was above himself. Right. He was too yeah. good to associate himself with with those type of people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to the point where like he hates them so much that he's like, yo, like I I want to like I want to have the best seats in the house to watch y'all burn. Yeah. And man. then wow. for him to be angry with God deciding to um to to save Nineveh and it was only the main reason that God decided to save Nineveh was because the 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 city repented. Now, a lot of times um like when God gives us a mission or he gives us instructions and then if, when we do follow out those instructions and then we see um people are coming to christ mm-hmm. that should be an opportunity mm. for like that should be a joyful thing but here and this is like what i love about the book of jonah is that it's such a reflection of us mm-hmm. and our human nature like our sinful nature wow. that even within that there's some times where we can feel bitterness we can feel envy like we can feel all these negative emotions because of the work that god is doing or because of who god chooses um, to use to do his work powerful powerful (laughs) (laughs) why do you think god chose him for that job like why did he chose choose jonah just like he chooses us to do certain things that we're like yeah we're the same way we're like those people don't associate with those people you know but he calls us to do these things why do Mm -hmm. you think he called um chose jonah for that well um i think one of the reasons is that if we look at jonah's character um I know a lot of times we say that God works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. I think that in this book, like God is so clear <laughs> with how he's how he's working through Jonah. I think he chose Jonah because Jonah, because of Jonah's heart, because Jonah had so much bigotry, so mm-hmm. much hatred in his heart. Mm-hmm. This was going to be an opportunity for God to not only save Nineveh, but to also save Jonah. Um, mm-hmm. So looking at what he says, um, what he says in ver in chapter four, every single time that um, Jonah starts throwing a tantrum, mm-hmm. God asks him, he's like, is it right for you to be angry? And this is verse four and verse nine. So chapter four, verse nine, 
Okay. And he says, is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry, angry about the plant? And even looking at how God addresses Jonah, because um, I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with the book of Job and how like, like Jonah, I mean, sorry, Job asked God, like he just, he just wanted an explanation of what, of, of why the things that happened to him, like, like why they happened the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Joan and God gives Job a very sarcastic response. Like he, like, like as I was reading the book of Job, and this is the last chapter of Job, mm-hmm. and he goes in, he goes in on Job. He's like, yo, I, I like based off of the audacity that you have to ask me these questions, mm. I'm assuming that you were there when I when I in the beginning when I said let there be light. It's like I'm assuming that you were there when um when I created the Le- Leviathan, when I created the behemoth. He's like, yo, these these creatures that you don't even have the capacity to understand, like you're asking me questions that are beyond you. Yeah. Like, this is, is like pretty much like this is above your pay grade. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. But and then looking at how Jonah, I mean, how God responds to Jonah's anger and Job had a very like Job, Job's heart posture when he was asking God those questions mm. was from a it was from such a humble place where he's like I know I don't even I, I don't deserve like anything I just want to know just just give me just something for me to mm-hmm. go off of mm-hmm. and then God pretty much like goes off on Jonah I mean on Job and then you look at Jonah and Jonah's throwing this temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. He's uh, cursing God. He's like, I knew that you were that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. And he's like constantly telling God, like, yo, just kill me because of how angry he is. Yes. And God is so gentle. Just throwing a complete fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we look at how God addresses Jonah and God is so gentle with, with Jonah. He's like, is it right for you to be angry? Like he just asks him questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, he says, but you have been concerned about this plant. Um, and for for those of y'all that need the context, um, as Jonah, Jonah falls asleep and uh, there's this scorching heat that comes. God, uh, God grows a plant to create some shade over um, Jonah. He mm-hmm. he's like really happy. He's really satisfied with the plant. And then God sends a, a worm to wither or to eat and wither the plant and then the plant dies and then jonah again he gets angry he's like i i'm so angry that i could die mm-hmm. and that's when god asks him he's like have you been i mean you have been concerned about this plant though you did not tend it or make it grow it sprang up overnight and did and died overnight mm-hmm. and should i not have concern for the great city of nineveh in which there are more than hundred and twenty thousand people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and wow. also many animals so God is very like gracious and compassionate mm-hmm. with Jonah when Jonah deserved the the, the opposite. Yes. yes. <laughs> and you know what? It's so funny because I, I often say, and I always, not even often, always say, but for his grace, because yeah. we could be those people, right? That, that um, Jonah wanted to God to just destroy, burn, you know, mm-hmm. and watch it burn. But it's only by his grace that we are, aren't in that situation. The, the people that Jonah, the very people that Jonah did not like. How do you think um, either Jonah or us, because it's the same thing that's happening today, and especially, you know, I, I know you might not like this statement, but I always say Christians are the hardest ones. They are mm-hmm. the boy, 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 they're the hardest mm-hmm. ones. 
So um, how could anybody listening here really that might have that heart of Jonah, that mindset of Jonah looking at those people that way or them over there? How can they have a um, a change of heart? Yeah, um, that well, to answer that question, I would have us turn to Jonah chapter two. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is while Jonah's in the belly of the well and he's pretty much at his lowest. Mm. Um, like he said, at rock like he's, bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he talks about his distress. He talks about like all of the things that he went through. He's like, he hurled me into the depths, into mm. the very heart of the sea. He's like, I have been banished from your sight. Um, like the deep surrounds me. Seaweed was wrapped around my, my, my head. Um, but then he says, but you, Lord, my God, brought my life up um, from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my mm. prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Um, and he continues on. He says, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Mm. And all of that to say that um, mm. there was a point, there's a point in the story where Jonah's heart makes a little bit of a shift. And it's from it's from him remembering where he came from. Yes. Um, he 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 looks at um, like that. God gave him those clear instructions that he went in the, in the complete opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And now he's kind of having to to deal with those consequences. And all he can do in that moment is turn to God. Mm-hmm. So between that, remembering where we came from, um, mm-hmm. which is which would, which would be our testimony. Mm-hmm. And then also remembering the same grace that we were that we were shown. So looking at how within this moment that Jonah still finds an opportunity to be joyful, um, that within like his lowest moments, mm-hmm. he even within that, he knows that like God is still faithful and, and that God will get him through it. Mm-mm-mm. And a lot of times I think that whenever God does get us through those moments, like or those seasons um it can be very easy for us to forget where we came from um and that's kind of what what causes that that shift in our heart again Mm -hmm. where we we kind of start looking at those people and and start saying like like god you you probably don't need to use those people or Mm -hmm. god um like, why are you using those people? Yeah. And being so appalled, right? Being mm-hmm. Having the nerve to be appalled, yeah, you know, yeah. when, it, like you said, remembering our testimony, remembering where we were, remember it. But wow, that is so powerful. You know what? So when you think about um, finding joy in Jonah's story, we might that might not be the first thing that comes to mind because of all the challenges he faced, him hitting mm-hmm. rock bottom, his heart is angry. He was angry towards God, him throwing a temper tantrum and all that stuff. What insights can you share on um, how we can discover joy or inspiration in this experience? Because we have those experiences ourselves, our disobedience, mm-hmm. we turn the other way and things like that. How do how do we push forward and just rediscover joy in those moments? So as I was um, going through the book of Jonah and I was thinking about Jonah's disobedience, mm-hmm. what came to mind to me was our first instance as as like a human race of disobedience. Mm-hmm. When we go back to the garden mm-hmm. and looking at God's response to Adam, um, when Adam realizes that he's naked and the shame that Adam's feeling, the humiliation, just like the 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 vulnerability, um, like all of those things that Adam was feeling in that moment when he ate from the apple and, dis- and disobeyed God, mm-hmm. that when God, when God um, effectively put Adam outside of the garden. 
that this was a very sad thing that that happened because it was almost like a breakup. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's joy within that because we understand that if Adam, if God had not put Adam outside of the um outside of the garden. Well, let, let me ask you, Latani, do you know the two trees that were in the garden? Well, I know the tree of life. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, there was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which God told them specifically not to eat from. And mm-hmm. then there was the tree of life in the garden as well that they ate freely from. But mm. there's something there's something cosmic happened mm-hmm. when uh, Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was the first instance of our disobedience. Mm-hmm. But something even worse would have happened if after he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if he went and ate from the tree of life. and that's that's ultimately what God was preventing from happening when he put when he put Adam outside of the nice. um the garden because <clears throat> mm-hmm. ultimately what that would have done would it, it would have locked Adam into that 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 eternal state of like everything that he was feeling mm-hmm. when he ate from like when he realized that he was naked like like I mentioned before the shame the yep. vulnerability like it would have eternally locked him mm-hmm. into that mm-hmm. because the tree of life is what um is what gave us life but what god was looking to do within that breakup and this is like glory to god this is such a beautiful thing that he decides to do was kick us out of the garden so that way later he can invite us back in wow. through like in, in another way through pr- provision through another tree of life or or the, or not another tree of life but um the sacrifice of the tree of life Yes. Which is Christ. Powerful, powerful. Mm, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. There's so much joy to be found in all those moments where where we find ourselves where we find ourselves in disobedience. Yes. Um, because one of the things that we have to realize or or understand is that God is in control. Mm. Um, regardless if we see it now or we see it later. Yeah. Like everything that we're doing, um, like God is going to, God is going to find a way to get his glory out of that. Mm, yes, he will. He definitely will find his way to get his glory. Even in our disobedience, God still gets the glory. Same way that he used Jonah and reached his heart. And that, that makes me um, also think of the intentionality of when Christ tells us to love our enemies, because it's not for, it's not for no reason that, that, like he says, like turn the other cheek or offer the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times, just like with Jonah, God works on us through like our hardship or, or through our um mm-hmm. through our adversaries. Yeah. So that that also takes me to um the so my next point with the intentionality of when Christ tells us to love our enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this isn't like when Christ said it. It felt like such a novel concept, but this is something that um, has been in the Old Testament. It's all throughout the book. The evidence of that is like when we look at God's relationship with us, how God is constantly pursuing, um, pursuing us, mm-hmm. even like how he, he was constantly pursuing Israel, how he's uh, pursuing his church. Mm-hmm. And he gives the prophets all of these signs for them to um for them to pretty much get the people of Israel to turn away from their sins. Mm-hmm. But the reason that they're so that God and Jesus are so intentional about us, about us loving our enemies mm-hmm. is because in our natural forms, we are almost like a natural enemy of God. And mm. that even within that, 
God still chose to love us to the point where he decided to die for us. Wow. Yeah. So um, a lot of times when we think about some of our enemies, um, and I remember when I was preaching the sermon, I was talking about um, like whether it's that family member who's like causing division, mm-hmm. whether it's um, like the lady at the job who's always gossiping on you, like throwing you under the bus. It could be a number of people. It could be that person that cut you off um, in traffic, but finding opportunities to love those people mm. because somebody first loved us. Come on, Meekler. So powerful. So powerful. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I remember when I was doing a... I was doing a Bible study on this book mm-hmm. and one of the, one of the people that were in the Bible study, he talked about how like we were kind of being a little rough when we were judging Jonah because mm-hmm. um, we were going down the list. Like we were, we were kind of just coming up with some adjective uh, adjectives about like where Jonah's heart was. Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of people were saying like disrespectful um, like they were, we were just saying all types of stuff. Y'all were on, going in on Jonah. Yeah. <laughs> like out, like calling him out his name. Mm-hmm. And I remember he said a lot of times he thinks about if there was a book in the Bible, his name's, his name's Tim. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll use myself as this, as, as the example, like if there was a book in the Bible called the book of Meekler, mm. where it kind of laid out like my heart, like the posture of my heart Oh my God. Um, for mm. everyone to be able to read. Like some of the things, some of the words that you guys might come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like whenever we, whenever we get to thinking about, because even for some of us, Jonah could be those people. Mm-hmm. Um, but to think if and if we could actually see like the the like your lowest points, mm-hmm. you know, if we could see like the the darkest crevices of your heart, my God, like what would we find? Mm-mm-mm. And um, like before we think about like judging the next person, like just think about if. If we could read like the posture of your heart, like like in the Bible, that's a, that's a whole word right there. Yeah, <laughs> you 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 going you going to step on some toes with that that one, including including mine, including mine. Yeah, wow. I mean, when, book, he, when he said it, I was like, dang, like that's that's heavy. Yeah, yeah. the book of Latanya, boy, I'm telling you, you want you want need prayer service after you read mm-hmm. my chapter. Okay, <laughs> you have gave us a word today. <laughs> I have still, I already had so many notes from the first sermon. When you speak, everybody should listen. I, I, have, I have a whole nother, quite a few pages of notes. I can't write fast enough when I'm sitting under your um, your wisdom. And I thank you so much for sharing that. No, I appreciate, appreciate that. <laughs> um, but one of the last things that I wanted to, to touch on mm-hmm. was um, what to do um when we do see that god is moving through those people or god is working through those people those people um, in, in quote in air quotes <laughs> those people because we, yeah, yeah, we are we are those people right but yeah when yeah, god exactly. is through those people yes yeah because a lot of times um i think that we can be kind of backwards with how we pray um especially when we're when we're talking about god's will in our lives because a lot of times we'll say, we'll say like, um, God, what's your purpose in my life or, or what's your will for me? Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times it can be a lot easier if when we pray and we're asking God, God, how are you working around me? Like, how, like what's the work that you're doing where I am wow. and how can I get involved in that? I think about um, even Christ as a carpenter, um, which was his, his trade. 
in carpentry, there's a lot of work that you're doing with your hands. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine Christ as like a like little teenager Christ or little adolescent <laughs> Christ working alongside Joseph. And he's like everything that Joseph is doing. Christ is like sitting right next to him, mm -hmm. like doing the same work or trying to figure out like, like, what can I do to help? Mm -hmm. like, I like um, that. Wow. Yeah. It's like, yo, like, like Joseph might need a hammer. So he's like, yo, I need a hammer. Christ runs over, grabs the hammer, brings it back to, to Joseph for him to like hammer whatever he's hammering. Mm -hmm. But in the same way, there's all this work that God, like our father, God is doing around us. And we just have to f figure out like what we can do. Almost like that's that eager little kid. I don't know if y'all, <laughs> if y'all remember being little. I remember when I was little, I loved washing dishes because I, I just didn't know any better. Like I was just right. like, yo, this is this is just something fun to do. Like they're letting me wash the dishes. I did. I used to love ironing clothes. So I, I yeah. Did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like having that same, that same childlike um wonder to the work that God is doing. Cause it's like, yo, I get to, I get to be around my father. I get to work with my father mm -hmm. in the work that he's doing rather yes. than like the egotistical way that we sometimes think about it. Like, God, what do you want from me? Mm -hmm. Boy, I told y'all this brother is bad, <laughs> powerful. You lived up to the hype. The hype is because of just because of how you walk and how you talk. You always share your wisdom and knowledge. You live the way that you preach. And I love that about you. You know, when we when we think about ourselves as those people, we think about even having the arrogance and being angry at God sometimes for the way he uses chooses to use us. Mm -hmm. And then in, even in our disobedience, disobedience, I think you gave us such incredible tools and ways to really reflect on ourselves. Just the way that God um, looks at Jonah's heart, looks at our hearts. Mm -hmm. Even in our uh, disobedience, he still, still gets the glory. And mm -hmm. I think that is so powerful. And Jonah, he was at his lowest point, like you were talking about, you know, mm -hmm. and he was at the bottom of the, uh, the belly of the whale, right? He was broken, humiliated at rock bottom. But what more um, does God have to do to get to us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, to get our attention. To get I forgot our I said that. That's so powerful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I forgot I said that. Yep. What more does God have to do to get to you, listeners, to get to you, Mika, to get to Latanya, right? To get our attention. And so that is just, oh, my goodness. Mm -mm -mm. Powerful, powerful, powerful. I know that these listeners, I call them joy chasers because we're always chasing joy. I know that they got a lot out of this message, out of you sharing this story of Jonah and how a lot of us are Jonas, right? And at mm -hmm. different times in our lives. And so I thank you. I thank you for joining me today. And I thank you for just pouring into me as you mm -hmm. do always. I, I sit and listen to your wisdom, almost like sitting at your feet, right? Just letting <laughs> you pour into me. And I really appreciate that. I really do. And um, I know the listeners do today. So I thank you for joining us. And to my listeners, I thank you for listening. I'm forever grateful for you. And I'm just thinking about, I hope you listen to this and, and wrote down some notes and just ways to really stop looking at those people and really figure out, but mm -hmm. for grace, that we are who we are and in his grace. And I just thank God for using us, even in our disobedience and still getting the glory because his plan is bigger than our plan. He is all knowing. And in our little pea minds, we can't even imagine, like you said about Job, like, yeah, how dare you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> ask God why or what, you know, in those situations, but just go ahead and be obedient to his word and what he's asking you to do. 
I appreciate you, brother. I really do. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yes. And as always, the struggle is over. And even if it's not over, even if you are still sitting in your disobedience, sitting and turning away like Jonah did, going a complete opposite direction from God, let's be intentional about our joy. God bless. Amen.